click in the bottom right, three bars. You can click on that. Live events will populate your screen. You click on the live events and you will get a digitized copy of our sermon notes that you can save to your device. Somebody say amen for technology. Amen. That way you don't have to write. You don't need a pen. You don't need paper. You can keep your cool. Amen. I know how important that is. Sister Greer, it's so good to see you here. We have celebrated the life of your phenomenal mother. Give God a hand of praise for Sister Greer's mom. Wow. It was a tremendous, tremendous celebration, and it was just an honor to share in that with you. And uh, we can see that the fruit does not fall far from the tree. Amen. Tremendous. Her mom was a Bible teacher. She was, a, she was an educator. I mean, she was an advocate for young people. And as I told her, I did not know her mother, but I, I know her mother through you. So praise God for her life. Amen. Praise God for that. Now, I was giving you time to find Song of Songs. Amen. Y'all been, y'all going to read it this week? Amen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some of the brothers just smiling. I've been reading it, Pastor. I've been reading it. I've been reading it. It's, it's good. All right. All right. Chapter 2, Song of Songs. Let me, let me commence our message for today. Listen to the word from the Christian Standard Bible. This is the woman speaking. I am a wildflower of Sharon, a lily of the valleys. Man, like a lily among thorns, so is my darling among the young women. Woman, like an apricot or apricot tree among the trees of the forest, so is my love among the young men. I delight to sit in his shade, and his fruit is sweet to my taste. He brought me to the banquet hall, and he looked on me with love, sustained me with raisins, refreshed me with apricots, for I am love sick. May his left hand be under my head, and his right arm embrace me. Young women of Jerusalem, I charge you by the gazelles and the wild does of the field. Do not stir up or awaken love until the appropriate time. Yeah, I can't stop reading, y'all. It's not on the screen, so just, let's, let's just keep going. Look at verse 8. Listen, my love is approaching. Look. Here he comes, leaping over the mountains, bounding over the hills. My love is like a gazelle or a young stag. See, he is standing behind our wall, gazing through the windows, peering through the lattice. My love calls to me. Man, arise, my darling. Come away, my beautiful one. For now the winter is past, the rain has ended and gone away. The blossoms appear in the countryside. The time of singing has come, and the turtle dove's cooing is heard in our land. The fig tree ripens its figs. The blossoming vines give off their fragrance. Arise, my darling. Come away, my beautiful one. My dove in the clefts of the rock, in the crevices of the cliff. Let me see your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Woman, catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, for our vineyards are in bloom. Woman, my love is mine and I am his. He feeds among the lilies until the day breaks and the shadows flee. Turn around, my love, 
and be like a gazelle or a young stag on the divided mountains. Somebody say amen. amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Father God, we glorify you for love. We thank you for this tremendous expression of love that we see in the passage for today. In fact, Father God, we are mesmerized at the language that this couple shares with each other. And Father, we long to emulate that in our very lives, that we would discover love like they did. And Father, we're understanding even clearer that as we submit and surrender to your word, to your will, to to your divine sovereignty over our lives, we too can experience such love. So Father, I pray again for every married couple under the sound of my voice that bondages would be broken, that hearts would be restored, that marriages would rekindle the flame. Father, I pray for the singles among us, those who are never been married, those who have been married, I pray for the singles among us, for the joy that this couple found in their lives, that our singles would too experience that, that they would know what real love is like. So Father, I pray that you'd minister to us. Lord, we have individual needs, individual desires. We're in different places and stages in life. But Lord, you are reminding us that it's never too late for love. Oh, God, we glorify you. We bless you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Let everyone say amen. amen. Praise God. Thank you so much, ushers, for your faithfulness. Amen. Somebody say, friends marry. Y'all going to talk to me today. Somebody say, friends marry. Amen. Glory to God in the highest. Uh, for those who are guests on today, we begin every sermon with what is called a message moment. And this helps to kind of capture the essence of what we're teaching about on today. Here is our message moment. Healthy courtships lead to healthy marriages. Healthy courtships lead to healthy marriages. Repeat that after me. Healthy courtships lead to healthy marriages. Why is dating so difficult? Was that an applause or was that a... Oh, no, she dropped something. Oh, man, the timing was impeccable, though. <laughs> I was like, wow. Why is dating so difficult? I've discovered that purposeful dating has become a lost art. In today's culture, it is rare to find single folk interacting with each other with a specific God-honoring goal in mind. It's become temporal at best. Now, while this is not new, the consequences seem to be at a greater cost. See, in the same manner, married folks struggle to keep that flame alit with purposeful dating, not realizing that, that what got us here needs to be maintained and improved. In other words, Dating does not end when we say, I do. But again, the initial question, why is dating so difficult? Well, our culture has made it so pretentious. 
We show the other person what we want them to see, not necessarily what they need to see, so that they can make a rational, spiritual, and emotional decision about where this friendship needs to go. So it's a game of cat and mouse. I'll reveal just enough to keep you interested, but then I'll hide my true motives. You go ahead and say amen if you can. And I've discovered in this more modern generation, it cuts both ways. Men and women have been guilty of this game of cat and mouse. Got no help up in here. If you're still there, say, I'm here, Doc. See you, Norm. Amen. I'm going to get some eye contact. Let me look up from the script. Y'all still here? Amen. All right. So if I were to pass the microphone, everyone in here could share a dating horror story. I got an amen on the second row. I'll take it. Amen. A dating horror story. Let let me go through a couple of these. Uh, Discover that he or she was already involved with someone else. I got a hand in the back. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. And you invested in that thing. You made yourself look good for every single encounter. Y'all just throwing stuff on the floor today. What's going on? This is just a protest. Why is he preaching on this? (laughs) All kind of stuff flying. You invested in this relationship. You gave it your best, again, only to discover that he or she was involved with someone else. Mm. How about this? You discover that he or she really wasn't that into you. So that's when you discover that if I don't call, we don't talk. Oh, God. Woo! Do you remember that moment when you had that epiphany? Because remember, you did an experiment. You say, I'm going to see how long we go. And by the fourth month, you recognize, oh, Lord, it was me. He or she is just not that into me. How about this one? You met his or her family, and then you realized, oh, nah, bro. No, it's not. It's not. No. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. Let me give you this Dear John letter now. And see, I just dated myself. Somebody, what is a Dear John letter? I'll explain that some other time. Here's another one. You felt pressure to give in to physical sexual engagement. And as a consequence, you had to break it off. Ain't got that many amens there. Amen. (laughs) I'm glad we're recording this. This is good. Dating horror story. So here's another dating horror story. On the first date... She ate her dinner with a spoon. That was mine. If y'all could have been there. 
And I remember thinking, self, she chose the spoon. There were two forks. Horror stories. Horror stories. So then our wonderful discovery of a passionate love story, it continues in chapter 2 of Song of Songs. Here we are today. This is a continuation of chapter 1 as they continue to declare their love for each other. See, the couple in our passage teaches us how God's relational order lays a foundation upon which healthy marriages can be built. As we learned previously, once we gain each other's attention, attraction is nourished, maintained by effective communication and appropriate affection. Let me stop right there. Everybody say appropriate affection. Look at your neighbor and say appropriate affection. Mm -hmm. Until a covenant is established and consummation is experienced. Wow, that's God's relational order. There are two or more that I added a few weeks ago, but it had to do with protecting the covenant and honoring the covenant day by day. But this couple in our text, they are masterful at teaching us how healthy courtships lead to healthy marriages. So Solomon and his fiancée teach us what it looks like. Look at verse 1 of chapter 2 again. I am a wildflower of Sharon, a lily of the valleys, man, like a lily among thorns. So is my darling among the young women, woman, like an apricot tree among the trees of the forest. So is my love among young men. Now look at me. This couple in the text, they're talking about the other one, but they're not talking to the other one. They're talking to their community about their love for the other individual. Here's a modern interpretation. They're posting about their relationship. Oh, I feel that by myself. They're letting the world know how they feel about this other individual. They're not ashamed. They're not intimidated. They're not hiding. They're talking about it. Oh, beloved, if they never bring you up in conversation, ooh, help me, Lord Jesus, single or married, in the words of Ned the Wino, now what does that tell you? They don't ever talk about you to nobody, but y'all in a relationship. Get ready to write. What we're discovering about this couple is, here it is, our words matter. Get that down. Our words matter. Our words matter. Our words matter. So this passage opens up chapter 2. It's a continuation of chapter 1, but it opens up in chapter 2. And she's being very modest. She's, she's describing herself among the other women. And he is letting her know, oh, no, 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 baby. 
Uh -uh. You're not like nobody else. He says, uh, in verse verse 2, like a lily among thorns. They aren't even in the same class as you. I need a witness up in here. Here it is. Men must communicate to our women, to our wives, that there is no comparison. Write that down. You're going to forget that. Men must communicate to our women, to our wives, that there is no comparison. Help me, Holy Spirit. There is no, ladies, you should be saying amen right there, all right? There is no comparison. She calls herself an ordinary flower. But he calls her a lily among thorns. She stands head and shoulders above the rest. Baby, they're not even in the same league with you. There is no comparison. Woo! I'm trying to help you, brothers, if you let me teach you. I got something for you, sisters. Women must communicate to our men, husbands, that they're all that. Oh, I like that by myself. That they're all that. Woo! She compares a tree, an apricot tree, to the other trees of the forest. Like, 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 he has something so special. Mm. That the other trees can't even produce what he produces. Ah, let, me, let me see if I can unpack this. She claims that his fruit stands out above the rest. Mm. Well, what do you mean? Well, she said Solomon's fruit was unique. Mm. His fruit was sweet. And his fruit was fragrant. Woo! You're going to tell me that's not going to make a man stick his chest out. I bet Solomon was flinging those locks, walking around with that chest out, because she let him know, baby, there is no comparison. And notice how they're attempting to outdo each other, bragging on the blessings that each one of them is to each other. They're trying to outdo. No, no, no. You don't even compare to the other, to the other flowers. You're, you're head and shoulders above. You don't even compare to the other trees. You, you so fine, baby. You, you smell so good. You look so good to me. I need a little more feedback, y'all. Come on. Maybe that's why we need this marriage ministry. Amen. But understand what's happening in the text and what's happening in our lives. We're not communicating perfection. We're communicating possession. Oh, I feel that by myself. We're not communicating perfection. We're communicating possession. Because watch this. My wife knows. She knows I got a little belly. laughing way too hard she understands that I'm not six foot two you follow me deep she can see that I had more hair in the 80s but watch this I'm hers 
<laughs> I need a witness up in here. It ain't about perfection. It's about possession. I'm glad that you're mine. I am overjoyed that you're mine. All five foot four, a hundred, but that's not important. I'm glad. In verse 16, the woman says, my love is mine and I am his. Y'all, that's possession. Woo! And so, essentially what's happening here is Solomon is reaffirming her beauty. Remember, as we learned last, uh, two weeks ago in chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, we discovered she had some issues with esteem. She says, listen, I'm dark. Don't, don't, don't even look at me. I, I'm, I'm, the sun has gazed on me. My mother's sons were angry with me. They, they made me take care of the vineyards. I have not taken care of my own vineyard. But then he follows that in verse 15. He talks about how beautiful you are, my darling. Very beautiful you are. Beloved, it is your privilege and responsibility to build up your love. And don't just tell your love. Tell other folks about your love. Let them know how God has blessed you. And as a consequence, how God has given this person to your life. Don't be like this guy who went over to his girlfriend's house and found out she had already gone out with her boyfriend. Some of y'all have kissed that on the way home. See, he hadn't quite clearly communicated. And as a consequence, they were on two different... You get the illustration. I think you get it. So here's the reality. Your love needs to know that they're yours. Amen, somebody. But the text is moving. The text is moving. Additionally, we learn some key relational principles that sustain a lifelong covenant marriage. Look at verse 3, the B clause through verse 6. I delight to sit in his shade, mm, and his fruit is sweet to my taste. He brought me to the banquet hall and he looked on me with love, sustained me with raisins, refreshed me with apricots, for I am love sick. May his left hand be under my head and his right arm embrace me. Let me give you these quickly. These are real important. This is real important. Number one, a woman needs to feel protected. I'll say it again. God bless you. A woman needs to feel protected. She says in the text, I delight to sit woo, in his shade. Ooh, I'm, man. That, mm. So shade or shadow is a well-known biblical metaphor for protection. So here it is, the lover who offers protection to the young woman. And as a consequence, they're able, she's able to express clearly what he means to her. 
See, there is no shade or shadow or protection without proximity. Mm. Oh, God. See, I, I got to be close to you if your shadow is to cover me. Oh, Lord, I'm, I'm trying to help these mad folk out here. Man, look at here. Look, y'all got to get close. Uh, y all, y all, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, y'all got to get close. I see we had some kids come in. I, I, I've already edited my message. I, I, I saw them come in. Got to get close. Let me park here for a second. Brother, you can't protect her if you're not close to her. Brother, you can't protect her if you're not close to her. Shadow. Let me tell you something, y'all. When I go out with my wife, Go, I'm about to. I make sure that she is always close enough to me so that something pops off. Now, I can't go in the restroom with her. But we crossing the street. I got that hand. Unless Simone comes and knocks my hand out. But you get the point. We're in the crowd. So baby, come on. I got you. And y'all, you know, I ain't, I ain't bragging deep. But, but I can take somebody out if I had to. I'm not bragging. No, 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 no. I'm not both. KC's my vouch. I'm not, no. Thank God I ain't never had to. But watch this. But she knows I can. Woo! And that gives her a sense of, of comfort that a woman needs. Let me, let me keep moving. Let me keep moving. Somebody say protection. Come on, say protection. I got a whole bunch of stuff written here. I'm going to cut across the field. So a woman needs to feel protected. Ah, that's verse 3, the A clause. Secondly, a woman needs to feel publicly affirmed. Ah, Lord have mercy. Publicly affirmed. I like that by myself. Look, 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 look at verse 4. She's talking. He brought me to the banquet hall, and he looked on me with love. Now, let's, let's just, let's just, ah, mm. Sister girl, look, look up at me. Look up at me. I, I, need, you to, I need you to use your mental, uh, your, your memories. This is going to sound real harsh. But if he holds your hand until people come around, well, I wish I could talk to y'all like I mean it. Well, I wish I could. Y'all get around other all of a sudden he got a tie shoe. And he don't have any laces. Trying to help the young women, I'm telling you. See, sisters, they'll let you know if you pay attention. They'll, they'll, they'll show you some signs if, if you really want. Now, you can blindly move forward. Anyway, we on a date. I ain't going to make no big deal about it. Listen, public affirmation means we can hold hands. We can kiss. Which lets me know you are not ashamed of this relationship. 
All y'all dates is Netflix and chill. Netflix got a million movies. Y'all done seen all of them. All of them. Oh, I'm dead. Boy, look at here. Woo! Y'all better hear me now. Now, the weird thing is this, this principle has kind of shifted. We got some sisters. I got a whale in the choir. Hey, that's my thing over there. We got some sisters. This helps me preach. I don't know how this got way over here. This is not a part of the sermon. This is my, 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 I've been looking for this. All right, sorry about that. But we got some sisters. Who don't want nobody to know. Now the brother's like, hmm. The brother's like, all we do is Netflix and chill. She does let my hand go when we get in public. We always meet for our dates. Oh, Lord Jesus. Y'all just making me giggle up in here. So, a, a, a woman needs to feel publicly affirmed. So, the man and the woman in the song had an open-to-the-public relationship. All right? Uh, they're in this banquet hall, and she is proud because he is literally putting her on display for the community to see and to experience. It's, it's, it's a public affirmation of his love for her. Now, your version may say in verse 4, let him lead me to the banquet hall and let his banner over me be love. That word banner in the New International Version, banner, it, it, it's, it's, it's a symbol of, of, of royalty draped over. Let me, let me unpack this. So to look, to look on someone with love or to have a banner over someone in love means essentially three things. Number one, it means identity. Get that down. This is extra. It means identity. It means she's mine. Oh, God, I like that. That banner, it's, 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 mm, he is displaying his love. She's mine. And I identify with her. She's my identity. That's, that's mine right there. It's, it's the same as kind of like a promise ring. Y'all remember the promise ring? Come on. Now, you know, I'm, I'm going to give this. We ain't married. But I, I don't want you talking to nobody else. I got to keep going. I got to keep going. So it's identity. But then secondly, the banner, the, the, the demonstration of public love, it also communicates intent. Help me, somebody. Intent means, listen, I'm going to marry her and I'm going to love on her. Woo! Identity. Intent. But then third, that banner means intimacy. Hallelujah. Hmm. That's him saying, I want her. Come on, y'all. Don't get quiet on me. Come on. Sisters, you want a man to communicate that he wants you. Help me, Holy Ghost. You want, you want to hear it? You want to see it? You, going, you want to feel it? So, so this banner, this, this outward demonstration of public affirmation lets her know that she is cherished. She is loved. It is, it is her identity, the intent, and the intimacy. 
Brothers, Oh, somebody telling me to stop. I know somebody like, what is wrong with this dude? That's a little, little song says, put a ring on it. Put a ring on it. Come on, ladies. I know you may be mad. Do it. Come on, ladies. Come on. Put a ring on it. Some of y'all got that. Yes. Come on. Put a ring on it. Don't, 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 don't be in such a hurry that you get God's relational order out of order. That ring goes before the other stuff. Got cheering in here. All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's keep going. 32 minutes. A woman needs to feel protected. A woman needs to feel publicly affirmed. He brought me to the banquet hall and looked on me with love. Identity, intent, intimacy. But then thirdly, a woman needs to feel passion. I know. I know, bros. I know. Passion. God bless you, sister. God bless you. Look at verses 5 and 6. She says, sustain me with raisins. Refresh me with apricots. For I am lovesick. May his left hand be under my head. And his right arm. Embrace me. Y'all, sister girl is hungry for love. Woo! And she's not beating around the bush. Love sick means essentially to, to feel faint from love. She needed some strength. She was exhausted with her love for this man. So she said, give me some fruit, something. <laughs> and and there, is, there is some similarities between, um, how do I say this, uh, love making and fruit in those images that I will not dig into at the moment. But she's very clear about what she wants. She wants this man. So the woman was truly lovesick. She had so much passion that she almost felt nauseous. She could hardly wait to have sexual intercourse with Solomon. Did that make you nervous? <laughs> Consider her next words. Listen to this, y'all. His left hand is under my head and his right hand embraces me. Her eager anticipation was for love. She was longing for Solomon to hold her. Hallelujah. So watch this. These lovers are showing us how to love. Remember, friends marry. They have given us a blueprint for God-honoring courting with the benefits of a God-honoring marriage. And I know there are the cynics among us, those who simply refuse to give love a try 
or to give love another try. But C.S. Lewis helps me with this. He says, to love it all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will certainly be wrong and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give your heart to no one, not even to an animal. Wrap it carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all relational entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. The only place outside of heaven where you can be perfectly safe from all of the dangers of love is hell. Let's bring it home. I'm, I'm just about finished. So the beloved addressed the young women with this most profound statement. I remember we left her. She's lovesick. She's ready. And then she follows up with this statement in verse 7. Young women of Jerusalem, I charge you by the gazelles and the wild does of the field, do not stir up or awaken love until the appropriate time. My last point, and we're finished. Just listen carefully. Love cannot be forced or manufactured if it is to last. Love cannot be forced or manufactured if it is to last. And I just got to give you this stat because this is from 1976. In 1976, 80% of the women who experienced premarital relations felt that they were going to marry the individual they had relations with. But in that same study in 1976, 18% of the men had the same feeling. That was 76. So the 80% felt like this, he was the one. To the odds of only 18% of the men. You know, this is what happens when we awaken love before it's time. This is not appropriate. There are no benefits. There are no benefits. The world has convinced us into thinking there are benefits, but there are no benefits. So the meaning of the refrain, the waiting, is that love cannot be forced but must be patiently waited for. In other words, the beloved reminded all those desiring a relationship like the one she and Solomon had was to patiently wait for God to bring that individual into their lives. Three things real quickly. Pray, wait, watch. Pray, wait, watch. 
I, I want someone to experience deliverance right now. Pray. Wait. Watch. You already got the first two, pray and wait. We've dealt with those. But this third one is watch. See, don't be so holy that you act like you don't notice other folk. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Girl, he is a good looking man. I don't know. I don't have time. I don't have time for that. I don't know. Somebody say watch. Because you don't know where. I need a witness up in here. You don't know how. And you got to position yourself in humility to acknowledge, yes, Lord, I want somebody. And that does not make me unspiritual or unholy. It makes me 100% human because you made us for each other. And so, Lord, thank you. I'm going to do a better job watching. He could be driving my bus that I take. He could be mowing my yard. He could be fixing on my car. And I've been so preoccupied, I ain't been watching. Can I get a witness up in here? He could be on my team at work, but I'm so busy working, I ain't noticed him. She could be the girl who gives me my coffee every morning, but I'm not watching because I'm so holy. I'm just going to wait on you, Lord. Lord, you better open up your eyes. I'm done. I'm done. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Father, we love you. We thank you for the simplicity of your word. We thank you, Lord God, for meeting us where we are. Father, we lift up the single folk, the married folk, the divorced folk, the widowers. Father, we lift up everyone under the sound of my voice. And we pray for the ministry of your Holy Spirit upon each of us. Father, we want to pray. We want to wait, and we want to watch. And Father, we can be honest and acknowledge we've not done a good job at those. We tried to manufacture some stuff, and it, it hadn't quite worked out. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we, we repent. We turn. We acknowledge. And Father, we ask in faith that you take our brokenness, our frailty, and that you begin to restore us and mend us. Father, you know my heart for the marriages. You know my longing for the brokenness in our marriages. And Father, I publicly request that you begin doing a restorative work in all of our marriages. And Father, in doing so, that you'd minister to us, help us to see ourselves, help us to to acknowledge and take ownership of our own shortcomings. Father, we spend so much time focusing on what the other person did and we never, ever cease to see ourselves. Father, help us in the name of Jesus as married individuals to resemble the relationship that you have established between Christ and the church. Father, help us to be forgiving. Help us to be restored. And then, Lord, give us a testimony about how you brought us from where we are now 
to where you're trying to take us. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the example of Solomon and his bride. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Let everybody say amen. amen. Come on, give